bringing you the truth or something like the truth. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Welcome back to a Monday edition of The Bottom Line. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hopefully your weekend was fantastic. Uh, you've got us on 100.7 The Score and 107thescore.com. Clint, Matt, Ben here hanging out with you. We got this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, curious, Need didn't show up today after those mangled calls last night. And then said, it. just kidding. Good to see, good to see slash hear you, Matt. Um... Player health is irrelevant in picking teams. Yeah, I. It's, it's I agree. A, it's actually uh, you know it's a metric though. I found that out today. Player availability for bowl games is a part of their decision making. Mm. <laughs> so again, you're 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 holding a team accountable because a player got injured. I, it's it's here's here's another dumb angle, and and this is maybe just me sitting over here thinking this it's it's funny that we go we again all of us note like hey jordan travis you're a lot better with him than you are without him but like what would they do and i'm not i'm not here hoping for this i'm not here wishing for this but what would they do say if in one of the practices leading up to this game like jalen milroe like tore his acl or something or a non-contact injury and then was out for the playoff. Like she, they should be able to just be like, well, you know what? We take it back. We're bumping you out. You're no. gone. No, it's like not going to happen. The, the and that's not even the biggest argument towards it. I'm just, it's no. just another, like the health part is so stupid because it's something you can't control. And when you take care of everything else that you can control, which is so hard on every single level of college football and Division One sports, and you don't get the credit for it. It, it makes you lose your credibility. from the, And even as you expand, does anybody trust the, the college football playoff committee? Everyone all, already had the feelings of, well, just the TV networks are going to help define this anyways, and logos are going to help define this. this. If you were arguing against that, this just took away like all of your ammunition towards that argument because everyone's going to be suspicious and everyone should be. I think that all the conferences outside of the SEC, you know, so you know, I know the Pac-12 is gone, but the Big 12, the Big 10, and the ACC should... I think that it, it it speaks volume that the committee is really telling y'all, hey, y'all are all big big conferences, but the SEC is always going to be king to y'all. Mm-hmm. So just so y'all know that, we, we made that clear this year. We made that clear, and going into a 12-team playoff, we're just going to tell y'all there's probably going to be three spots reserved every year for SEC, if not more. Good luck, though. We did design to 12, but we're going to give 20% of that to the SEC. And that's, that's to me, what they're showing is that we're, we're going to handpick every year. That's another thing, too is um like we've talked about after this year right after this year the term power five is dead because there's not going to be a power five the committee told you that was already dead like there was not because when you think of power five you think everyone that has a seat at the table when really they're saying well acc sorry you're really more at the kids table yeah so you know it's the adults are the sec and the big 10 uh and then, you know, Big 12, ACC, I think even, you know, Pac-12 for this year, because Pac-12 is clearly going away, you know, you guys, you know, just make sure you're not drawing anything inappropriate on the tablecloth over there with the crayons we give you. That's right. So, 
It's, they're telling you it's already dead. Yeah. Uh, this from Juan. I'm with you, Matt. Totally agree. Uh, also said the committee just wants a hopeful rematch, and it is disgraceful. Uh, Team Money said next year we will have six SEC teams and four Big Ten teams, plus two at large in the playoffs. Um, yeah, and, and again, I know you're expanding, but this this does not let you, this doesn't make you trust them because on one side it's like, well, there's more room for error because there's 12 teams, right? But yeah, you're expanding how many SEC teams you can get in is all you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's what you're showing. It, I mean. Yeah, it's just <laughs> this from Bullfighter. Uh, forget the Wii games. I'm gonna hook Maddie up. I'm Maddie Ice up with this gym of a board game that he can play while watching all the bowl games with his Florida State friends. Just kidding, Florida State got screwed, and I agree with y'all. Uh, anger management. What's your problem? Is the game? Yeah, I think most people believe that Florida State. I, I don't think I'm in the minority to think that Florida no. State got got hosed. Outside of people, you know living in Tuscaloosa or people living in Austin, mm-hmm. everybody else would probably agree that Florida State got absolutely bamboozled in this whole deal. So, And like I said, I just feel bad for the players. I really do. I, I feel that you, you you just slapped them all in the face. And that's my mm-hmm. biggest issue with this is that those guys, those seniors that busted their tail all year and they've gotten to finally where they are the perfect team, you just told them, hey, it doesn't really matter how hard you work. Mm-hmm. We are the sayers of, of what goes on. I'm not even like I I have typically disliked Florida State. Ever I've 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 told talked about this with Jamie. An irrational dislike of Florida State ever since like the Chris Winkie Seminole team. How do you dislike Oregon? Because I was such a huge Michael Vick fan when he was in college. And uh he was like one of the first non fandom college football players I attached to. Okay. So as a kid, when you lose that national championship game. In my mind, I'm like those big meanie head Florida State bullies. Let the let the guy I was rooting for win. You know that that kind of stupid hate, and then didn't like the Jameis Winston team. You know all now of that, that. I didn't like. I'll agree. <laughs> all of that has just been an irrational dislike of Florida State, and still I'm going here like you. Seemingly gave them a blueprint, and not just them. They're just the ones that are in this situation right now. You gave every Power 5 team a blueprint of, in this condensed college football playoff that isn't isn't a playoff with four teams and then uh, five, I mean, you know, five major conferences. Um, forget about any good teams that might be outside of the Power 5. You seemingly gave every team in those conferences a blueprint. And then we knew this was going to be the year with the biggest controversy because we were talking... All this week leading up to it's like this is the first time you've had eight teams that will have a legitimate case of saying at least should be listened to of why they should be in the 14 playoff. Yeah. And then Florida State was the one that checked off the most boxes outside of Michigan and outside of Washington. And they didn't just get jumped by one team. They got jumped by two. That's the biggest thing to me. They well, got jumped twice. And it's not even it's it's not even that the outside of those two teams equally to those Michigans and Washington teams. They all did the same thing. They went mm-hmm. undefeated and they won their conference. And I think that truthfully, Florida State now is in a lose-lose situation, right? Because mm-hmm. if I was a betting man, yes, I would say that I, I think Georgia will absolutely beat Florida State. I think that's that's 
I, I don't know what the spread is if uh, they have one yet, but I would assume fifteen point spread. I believe okay. for Georgia, it's okay. it's a big it's a big number. So then it goes back to the whole argument. Well, it's not the most deserving. It's the best four teams. Okay, then why even play a season? Why mm-hmm. even have rankings? Is what my biggest thing was. Why don't you just say, hey, week one is this team versus this team? Well, what are they? We don't do rankings no more because the end of the season we'll just pick. Mm-hmm. This is literally the BCS all over again, but with four teams. Not, hey, here's your two teams. We're going to pick these two. Now it's just, hey, we're going to pick these four teams. Rankings are irrelevant. And I do, like I said, Florida State is definitely a different team without their quarterback. But any given Saturday, the the term is any given Sunday, Mm -hmm. anybody can beat anybody. That's just how it is. And Florida State's defense is good enough to shut a team down for four quarters. Uh, I don't know if they could do that two games in a row and win. Mm-hmm. but they could do it. We've seen Texas struggle. We've seen Alabama struggle. We've seen <laughs> recently too. Yes. Recently. So, so to say Florida state <laughs> couldn't go in there and, and beat somebody. I just, mm-hmm. I think is crazy. Like I said, it's just tough, tough well, to hear and tough to watch. So you said a phrase in there that's been thrown around a lot. And I think just is another extra backhand in the face of the Seminoles. And that's okay. You know, when you're deciding between best and you're deciding between deserving. This is a term that even like when they would talk to people from the playoff committee would use. They say, well, you know, you had to decide between best and deserve. So you know who deserves it then and you still don't like that's such an extra slap. Can we just not use the term deserving then because it builds them up even more just to like be like, by the way, while you're still, you know, on the outside looking in and you have this huge wound. We're just going to like dump a bucket full of salt right in it. Yeah. Let that sting a little bit more, yeah. Florida State. Like that is so stupid because it says you know who should be in. But still, you got to have the SEC. You got to have the SEC. That's right. Uh, this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, not surprising the committee talking out of both sides of their mouth. Succeeding even uh, with injured players makes that team more appealing a better overall team. And I agree. Yeah. The narrative, man. Uh, this team on the 806 said, if you don't think that they will manipulate the poll rankings next year with expanded playoffs to skew top eight to SEC and Big Ten, <laughs> then I have a ski lodge to sell you on Quaker Avenue. No, I think they will. But, Sold. like, it's, like, at least you know, you know, if you're the Big 12 and you're the ACC, that you next year for sure will have a team in with the way that it's set up. Like your conference champion will be in the expanded playoff, um, but I do agree. I mean, I think you're just another sign of hey, yeah, you're going to have a, a lot of SEC what, and a lot of Big Ten in the in the twelve team. Would they have done this? One thing I saw, and we might have to get to it on the other side. Would they have done this if this was Clemson undefeated? Ooh, or would they have? Because you got some recent history there. Oh, you have a, a well-known mm-hmm. coach. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. It's the bottom line. One hundred point seven. The score. Getting to the point, but taking the scenic route to get there. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. It is the Bottom Line, 100.7 The Score and 107thescore.com. Thank you for joining us here on a Monday. Keep getting plenty of your uh, thoughts and comments that are rolling in on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, also, if you call the Visual Edge IT hotline, that number is 806-771-0973. Uh, ben will have what a defined 64-team field tournament would look like for college football this year. <laughs> He's gone in-depth. He even has odds for, for all 32 games that would be played. It's awesome. He hadn't slept. He's been doing it all he night. Had, 
He hasn't slept. <laughs> he looks like the uh, History Channel meme of the guy that's like got aliens and his hair is all. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what a transfer portal that has already jump started. The okay, so the position that leads the clubhouse of interest is quarterback, right? Um, I think it's it's shocking to me. And I can't believe at this point with it, I'm still using the word shocking. Um, but, we, you know, Matt Rule came out like a, a month ago or whatever and said, hey, like the going rate is for a, a, a prime transfer portal quarterback would be 1.5 to $2 million. And in a, like just flat wow. out wow. said it. And, um, you know, you kind of knew the uh, – Uwe Ungalales, who were, hey, he's going to be in the portal. The Tyler Shuck from your program, he's going to be in the portal. Uh, Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina, who I think will be a pretty uh, – Riley Leonard for Duke. Like you had guys that this was already a stacked class, and then the portal opens up today. Will I Howard. did not have – I yeah, Will Howard's a great one. I did not have either Dylan Gabriel or McCord from Ohio State – on my transfer portal bingo card. And that's crazy because, like, they had great seasons, right? And if you're Oklahoma, you're going over to the SEC, and I don't know what the situation is. Maybe this is from them, like, hey, we kind of thought you were going to the NFL this year. Regardless, we really want to get Jackson Austin in. We kind of have a lot of money. <laughs> like, I don't know what that situation is. But, like, Ohio State from McCord, like, you were the dude at a huge program. Do you think that that has any signs or any any anything going back to Rondé possibly leaving? I, I see, and I don't I don't know if there's unease there or if there's or maybe he's just money hungry. He's like, hey, I yeah. Who who knows? There's so many different things that that like extra layers when you get to these major programs, right? Because maybe they got someone coming in there. They're like, we'd really like to see him for three or four years from the game, or like, hey, your spot really isn't set here. So yeah, we already paid who this knows freshman to come is. in. So uh... yeah, like who who I mean, he he had to battle for that spot this year. That wasn't set. Yeah. Uh, when it came, you know, to the start of the year, and he sat, he was the guy that sat behind Stroud mm-hmm. for two years. Um, and so who killing it? In the NFL. Th- is this like all these extra questions of the why? But man, and and also the uh, where where does a McCord type guy end up? That seemingly from the outside has everything you could want if you're a Division One quarterback, right? Power five, check. Winning, check. <laughs> yeah, like you would think a pretty good NIL deal up there, check. Yeah. Um, literally. Ba-dum-tsh. Yeah, I see. I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I give like him, that. Give him credit. Ba-dum-tsh. Um, and so, like, what, like, where's he gonna go? Like, what, where, where does he end up? That doesn't feel like a lateral move, or maybe even a step down. Where, yeah, but where do you go? That's not a step down. I mean, there's very few schools that you're gonna say, okay, they're on the same caliber of Ohio State. I mean, there is, there's five schools. Yeah, Gabriel to Ohio State, McCord to Oklahoma. <laughs> Good yeah. chance it could happen. But like I. I, the the transfer portal is such a mess. Oregon State and Washington State losing any players doesn't shock me because they're just stuck in the mud right now with all the mm-hmm. conference. Which both of their quarterbacks? That's yeah, another one. That's Ward. what I'm saying. Ward, yeah. but with their, the whole conference realignment, they're on the outside looking in. It doesn't shock me if they have a ton of transfers come out and and just pretty much deplete the team. And it's sad to see that because 
you know, the universities, you know, need, need to, they had relatively good seasons. They had good high rankings coming into the season, both of them. But mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't shock me to, to see both of those guys come out because they they want to play for a big big conference is what it looks like they, you know somewhere where they have a chance to yeah have more spotlight sure yeah and again there's there's it's not just like one reason and and and, and for every single and not just quarterback but for every single player that enters his name in the portal and, and transfers but it's 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 not not fun the opposite of fun it's just kind of gross sometimes depending on the guy like what you're trying to decipher as we like sit here and try to read tea leaves of well we think it's like this unless they flat out say yeah i went from school a to school b because i was getting more money there or i went from school a to school b because i didn't know if i was going to have my spot next year and they told me at school b i was going to have that spot or school B's going to put me in the NFL a little bit better than what I think school. And even then, if they come out and say it, you're going to be sitting there. Okay. But what else? Right. That's there's always going to be questions. And unless you are in the uh, inner circle, the family that's having these conversations with, you know, your son or brother, whatever he may be to you, you're never going to know the full reasons, but man, it just, it kind of waters down. It's uh, the sport a lot without being a fly on the wall in those rooms, as you just talked about. I mean, similar to the committee, it's just about the money. I'm just hard to convince. You have guys that are starting at major, major programs leaving. It's about the money. You couldn't convince me otherwise, unless I was in there. And, and like you said, well, you know, they came out and said, Hey, McCord, we, we got a freshman that we mm-hmm. think is, is going to, We've already declared him the starter next year, and you've got a high hill to follow to be able to claim that. It's got to be about the money. Hey, this is the market's hot. Just well, enter the transfer portal and go get your two or three million dollars. You might not be NFL caliber talent right now, so two or three million could set you financially for life after you get out of school. But then, like the money side, from again, this is what confuses me even more: the money side from like an Ohio State, like what they're not. They're not a program that's invested. Like they're, they're not rolling around some deep pockets up in Columbus. Like oh, they of course don't. They are. And so, what's the combination there of like, oh, we don't want to, you know, we 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 already had you for this number this year. We're not going to go up on it because we feel, you know, there's the combination of we feel this guy behind you. We can do the same rate we just did this year. Now you're like, which is, I mean, it's a business. It is, it is what it is, um, as of now. But you are having business talks like contract type talks because it's what it is um with these major quarterbacks and i mean skill players too and major pieces for college football it's just when you i don't think i expected the amount of rising up to like players that were having success at blue blood type schools um you know, if it, if it was like a 6-6 six and six Ohio State team or something like that. That makes all the you, sense you in know, the world. You wouldn't be having these questions. But you were a game away from playing in the Big 12 championship and going to the playoff yourself. And you would seem like you're pretty well set up to keep on doing that. So, I don't know. That's what the, the, the rise in position to success to major program like equation that you've seen this year early in the portal and it's not even done. It's just the first day. Maybe Dylan Gabriel wants to stay in the Big 12. Oh. <laughs> Dylan Gabriel to Oklahoma State.
bringing you the truth, or something like the truth. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. It is the Bottom Line on 100.7 The Score and 107thescore.com. Clint Scott, Jamie Lint, Ben Poorman. Uh, we got this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. You can uh, hit us up there as well. The 49ers did to Philly what should have happened to them every game since and including their game versus Dallas. Boo! Boo! I did think it was it was interesting that going into that matchup, because, of course, it's at Philadelphia, um, that the 49ers were any sort of favorite. Not that I thought, like, the Eagles should have been you know, Philly by 10 or something like that. But the 49ers were on the road and the Eagles have just found a way, even though they've played in close games against good competition, they've just kept finding ways to win games. Mm -hmm. And then, boy, I was surprised that Philadelphia was favored. I was very surprised that they just blew them out at home. Uh as far as being favored, yeah, definitely a little surprised, but thought that that they were good enough to win that game. Uh, but the fact that it turned into a blowout, I just did not think that Philly's defense would would allow that to happen. And really, I mean, offense wasn't good, but man, how many missed tackles for the Eagles yesterday? It felt like mm-hmm. just short plays turned into huge plays because they just didn't finish on defense. And and defensively, that's been something that they've been pretty good at. I mean, they've got a fast sure. defense and a uh, athletic defense, and it doesn't feel like something. I mean, something that they've been really good at that's kept them in games is kind of containing some of those short plays that turn into big plays. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. I mean, San Francisco, it's still crazy to me. And I know that they had a few injuries, but the little just to tell you how weird the NFL is. That their three-game slump, where we started like seeing questions about them, are they a legitimate uh, Super Bowl contender? And the wave of just how long a 17-game season is, and how different you can be in different stretches of it. But the fact that they go from just pounding the Cowboys at home to three straight losses, and those losses coming to the Browns, the Vikings, and the Bengals. Who now you look at the Browns, the Vikings, and the Bengals, especially the Bengals, going. Mm. Mm. Mm, what's yeah, happening over there? But for a while there, the Bengals were playing like the best team in football. Right. And yeah. again, like the, the swirls mm-hmm. from the other side too. Uh, but it's just uh, you're back now. And as far as the NFC goes, um, and you know more to the interest level of Cowboys and Cowboy fans, um, of course you'll have Philadelphia on Sunday, so you can help yourself out there. But, I mean, that top seed now wide open – and for the 49ers, if you're looking at the rest of their schedule, they've got a very interesting game against the Seahawks next, and then they'll go to Arizona, who did find a way to just beat yeah. <laughs> Big Pittsburgh. Upset. Yeah, yep. um, But then they have the Ravens, so that'll be a tough game. Of course, it is at home. And then they have Washington, and then they have the Rams. For the Eagles, uh, they have, after you, then they go to Seattle, and then past that they have the benefit of having the Giants twice. It's nice. Which is very nice. Um, with a buffer game of the Cardinals 
uh, at home in between there. Yeah, that's just still crazy to me. Like, could we not – and they're not the only team that has this kind of sandwich, but could we not separate it out a little bit better where it's not New York, Arizona, New York? And these, I would hate it from both sides. It's – I mean, NFL scheduling is – it's, I, I've I've always felt like, um, you know, when they're trying to, high, it seems like some teams throughout, the, and, and I know it, the better record, the tougher your schedule is going to be or whatever, but I, I don't know. I just feel like NFL scheduling has always been confusing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. It, like some teams are just so incredibly, like every week it's loaded with tough games and other teams every week it's, Remember we used to rag on Jackson about his Eagles schedule a couple years ago and how easy it was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mm-hmm. I just it was Kick so rocks, Philly boy. Yeah, it was so incredibly easy. Yeah. But um I mean past you we'll see about the Seahawks, but if you are trying to still uh, contend in the division and and get a uh well, you know, either a buy if you were somehow to get the one seed. Which again, it's a lot closer than what it was a week ago. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you're you're one win away from, mm-hmm. you know, starting to worry about tiebreakers and all that good stuff. But just, I mean, just being the division winner, we've talked about this. I think is massive, massive. for the Cowboys. Yes, because you don't have to go to Philly, yes, to San Fran to get to the Super Bowl. And I think, especially the way that you've been playing uh, of late, you are fairly. Uh, put into that triangle of it feels like if it's not these three teams of Philadelphia, Dallas, and San Francisco, it's going to be a upset, major mm-hmm. upset, maybe a couple of major upsets of who represents the NFC in the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I would I would agree. I think it'll be one of those three teams. I don't know yet if I'm ready to put the Cowboys there. I mean, they played so well against Philadelphia on the road. Mm-hmm. That's what says, yes, they deserve there deserve to be there but otherwise i just man you've played some the cowboy schedule has been mm-hmm. either really tough or super super easy and so i just don't know feels like the cowboys playing a lot better than they were at the beginning of the season but i'm anxious to see what it looks like when mm-hmm. they go through this next stretch and like you, you you look at again the next stretch you're talking about as we talked about first the eagles and the 49ers you have the toughest one by far and so I guess you have the opportunity to be there because you're going to have to earn your way through it to be in that kind of heralded, I guess, corner of the triangle. But you also need those wins um, starting off with Philadelphia, but you need those wins at Buffalo. You need that win at Miami. You need that win against a good Detroit team just to keep pace. Um, And as much as I believe in the NFL is such a tough place to uh, beat teams in and out, and that's why it's tough to go undefeated and tough to even have like one or two losses on the schedule. I still wouldn't like putting fate in the hands of the Eagles dropping a game over their opponents. No, I agree. I agree. Like it's hard to say, like, hey, maybe the Giants will get them once out of those three weeks. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, Let's maybe. go to Vito. Yeah, maybe if the whole Eagles team gets flu. <laughs> uh. So I, I guess I should I should rephrase that you have the opportunity to earn your way mm-hmm. to that to that respect. But because, you're going to have to play really really well, and if you do, I mean at that point you're going to have to say, man, this Cowboys team is 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, has taken a big step forward. We're we're going to be saying like I don't think there's a middle option. We're going to be saying one of two things. We're going to go, wow, they are actually feel like they're legit this year, um, or we're going to go into that kind of cliche, uh, same old Cowboys, but they can't beat the good teams. Yeah, they can crush the Washingtons, they can demolish the Carolinas, but they see a San Francisco, and they don't even know how to buckle their pants. <laughs> I just wish it was more balanced. For yeah. the Cowboys. Yeah, I I think Cowboys fans do too. Yeah. Probably so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh this from Red Raider Two Guns. QB in the portal or roll with what we have currently. Well, I would like to see you add an arm. I don't know if I'm That's like a baseball term. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. That's yeah, so. we need a left handed arm for the bullpen. Yeah. We, uh, need, a, I, we need a real slugger for the I, def- I definitely, if you have the opportunity to grab a veteran um, that could be or possibly be your backup, mm-hmm. I would absolutely jump at that. I, I don't like the thought of heading into next season with one quarterback with serious experience. I know Jake Strong had some, but not a lot. And <laughs> Do we do we like saying that with him, though? Because usually you say experience, you think of some success in there. Oh, he had a bad experience. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he showed some good things. I'm not trying to bury him. Yeah. I'm just, I I completely agree with you. You you have to have another arm, let's say it again, sorry, uh, another quarterback that you have some sort of confidence in. Um, and I'm not saying, like, you know, you're going after the Uyunglele's out there or the McCords or the Gabriels, good, but someone I, that— I don't want to spend a whole season yeah. trying to— pronounce his name yeah uh but you need someone behind him because uh, again uh, how confident will you be with jake strong next year or even hammond coming in who has no college football experience again glad to have him and excited about like hammond's future for you um but show me the last time that you haven't had to lean on someone competent or capable right so i guess what i'm saying is if dylan gabriel wants to come be baron morton's backup i'm fine with it Probably not for the price tag. Probably not paying that much for a backup. <laughs> That's the nice thing about the portal is you have 1.5 billion quarterbacks in it. Yeah. So, I've, I've never been all that impressed with Dylan Gabriel. I'm, I'm not saying he's not good. He is. But. He's first team all big 12, yeah, well. pal. <laughs> Building him a statue at Oklahoma until he left. It's the bottom line, 100.7 the score. Bringing you the truth, or something like the truth, this is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. It's time for the fastest growing game show in the world, Take versus Take. You've got the bottom line on 100.7 The Score and 107thescore.com, a Monday edition. Ben and I are going head to head. He looks focused, intense. There's a fire behind those eyes, which means DJ Jamie. Wicka, wicka, wicka. <laughs> Go, DJ. Oh, that's my DJ. Uh, DJ Jamie has our questions. Ben, was I accurate with uh, describing you that way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Question number one for you, gentlemen, or our fine listening audience. What is something at sport in sports that you wonder, why don't teams do this? Or why don't players do that anymore? 
Oh, do it anymore? Yeah, why don't they why don't they do this or why don't they like for example, the coffin kick, you know, an angled mm-hmm. punt. Mm-hmm. You don't see teams angle punt against a great kick mm-hmm. returner or punt returner anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, just hardly ever. Okay. Ooh, uh man. Ooh, uh ooh, uh uh Ching, ching, wala wala, bing bang. Um, I'm gonna go to basketball, and I'm, I'm not saying that people shouldn't be working at the three because that's what the game has gone to, right? It's either at the block or it's a three, and really, when you get to the NBA level, that's all it is. Often, like that, and that's again like the analytic. That's what the numbers will tell you to do, whatever. But the fact the lost that lost art of the mid range jumper. Yes, no, and like there's still a place for that in the game. It's mm-hmm. last time I checked, that's still worth two points. It is, and it's still as of now because you're not used to it as much, and it goes out of the game. It should be easier to find those shots, but it feels like it is it is muddled down, and that skill is just gone. Like like uh, Jimmy Butler feels like a rarity because he's one that can do it and still utilizes it. And guess what? Jimmy Butler's a really good player. Mm-hmm. Kind of one of the best in the NBA. Yeah. No, it's uh, they used to, you know, analyze players or judge players on can he score at all three levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. That's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're like, can he score in two? And remember not to use the other level. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's, yeah. it's taking away a, a scoring outlet for you, right? Because sure. it's what the book says to do. Sure. You're trying to get 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 past that first level, and then it's ruling, get, a, get a shot up before the big man gets get it's big man gets completely to you. ruling out. Like, I don't know how many square feet of floor space when you go around the arc. Mm-hmm. I'm not a mathematician, yeah. but it's a lot. Okay, Ben. Yeah, that's a really good answer, Quinn. I'm going to go basketball as well. First of all, guys will have fast break during the game. They won't even go to the basket. They're getting from behind the arc and just trying to pull up a three and hope it goes in. I'm like, what happened for an easy lay-in? Yeah. And the, the second one is how the game of the big man has diminished from the game. Like, you don't see a lot of Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaqs, David Robinsons, Dikembe Mutombos, Rick Smiths, Patrick Ewings, Lonzo Mornings, those guys... Uh, being the focal point of the of the game, guys that dominated that knocked those who drove to the basket on their derrieres, and mm-hmm. I I miss those days. Yeah. So neither one of you guys said the sky hook. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I think it's too too uh, low percentage of a shot, but it was cool. Um, I like both of your answers. I'm gonna go with Clint because I, I'm a guy that uh, has um, an appreciation for the mid range game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice little show and go. You yeah. like that? Oh, yeah, I do. Okay. You know what that is? No. Ball, ball fake. You know, get them off their feet. One dribble, pull up. Uh, okay. Show and go. Okay. Sounds like a pistol Pete move there. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. So I'm going to give Clint the point on that one. You know what my answer would have been? Okay, mm. and this is something that's not done before. And maybe it's starting to happen a little bit. And I hate it. I'm going to... I hate that I'm going to answer this this way. One of the things that, like, drives me nuts somewhat in basketball... As you'll see a guy drive in, right? And he's not even really looking to score. Mm-hmm. He's just clearly just trying to create contact, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like, come on, just go to the rim. You know, mm-hmm. he's like jumping in into the defender and all that. And you're like, no, just go to the rim. Go finish. Okay. I wonder why w- more wide receivers. Let's say you're running down the field. The pass is a little bit underthrown. 
The defensive back has not turned back. Just stop and let him run you over. Especially mm-hmm. in the NFL where that's where the ball's placed. It's not a 15-yard penalty like it is in yeah. college. Just stop. Let him truck you. Yeah. He can run right through your chest, and they're going to have to throw flags unless it's the guys in the OU-OSU game. Okay? They, they're, I mean, just stop. Yeah. You know, as he has his back, as he's, his head is away from the quarterback, he's looking straight at you. Just let him run through you. And, like, the ones that realize, because there's a lot that utilize that, you can see that a mile, as soon as it, like, leaves the quarterback's hands on some play, uh-huh. and you can, it's one of those, like, okay, you can tell that's underthrown. Sure. The smart ones do. Like, the smart okay. receivers do. So, I, I feel like I've seen a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah, where they're drawing the contact. So, anyways, that would have been my answer. I hate that they're kind of faking a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. Well, the in, in basketball. Smart part of the game. To me, there's almost nothing funnier if it's against the team that you're not rooting for that you're playing when they do that and they don't call it because the shot's never anywhere close. Yeah. Half the time it doesn't even hit anything and it like rolls out of bounds. No, the, and then they have a tantrum. No, the best is in high school basketball when somebody tries to draw a charge and they don't touch them. Oh, <laughs> and, they, the f- and they still fall down. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> that cracks me up to no end. All right, one one zero Clint has the lead. <laughs> Question number two. Fill in the blank, Ben. You, there's, this can be anywhere, all over the spectrum. You have to fill in the blank. I hate it when people... Pay for inexpensive items with a credit card. <laughs> like, holding up the line, getting approved for Tic Tacs, trying to pay 18% <laughs> interest... Hey, man, I'm trying to get my Cabela's points over there. Stop calling me out, dude. I'm trying to get a proof for a bag of cheese puffs. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Ben's about to fight someone. <laughs> okay, Clint. Uh, I'm going to say cough or sneeze without guarding their arms like a toddler <laughs> and spreading their germs into the world. Like they are now doing some sort of mucus-based concert. It's like you are you two? Are you two years yeah. old? And look, every once in a while, like a sneeze will it's, come it's up on you. A, but like the ones that you can tell, and they're doing the full kid face too. Like they're doing the weird look, like like they kind of look like a goose, kind of like swirling their tongue for some reason, and like putting their head back and, and like like they're loading it up. What are you doing? Oh goodness! Oh, that was great. Um. Yeah, Ben's gonna get the answer. I just like the passion that he had yeah, that over the tic tacs, and I'll I'll even say this: I feel like it's almost faster now for people to use a credit card. Yeah, because some people are slow slow with the wallet and the counting out mm-hmm. and and of the the bills and and the person behind the register can't count. I was gonna say so they're, they're not used to it. It's like they didn't they didn't train me for this. Yes, they didn't say I'd have to yes. count cash back. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, so we're tied at one. I do like to watch the face, though. If I see someone in front of me use cash, mm-hmm. um, just to see their reaction. Because I, I would think 85% of the time, there's at least a slight eye roll. Like, Yeah. Oh, you, you, <sighs> you'll really get it if you if you're, say, say your item is 802 and you give them 1005. <laughs> I mean, mind blown. Why would he give me this nickel? 10 is enough. I don't understand. 
sort of some sort of epileptic seizure is about to take place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, final question. All right, college football playoff style. <laughs> you all right over there? It's just like they <laughs> it's like, turning like they're possessed and their head just starts spinning. College football playoff style. I need you to give me the top four players that have played for Joey McGuire at Texas Tech during the McGuire era. Seed them one through four. Who wins the championship? Can I go first? Why don't you both think about it, and we'll let you yeah. answer after the break. We'll Top go. four That's players. Fair. That's fair. In the McGuire era at Texas Tech, so two years. Two years. <laughs> two years. Two years. There you go. Two years. Uh, you can let us know your answers as well on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, and also thoughts and comments and all that. Uh, ben and I will dwell. We'll plan. We'll go to the drawing board. We'll uh, think, think our hardest. Think, 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 think. Come back and we will decide this game of take versus take. So we are tied. It's the bottom line, 100.7 the score. Getting to the point, but taking the scenic route to get there. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 the score. We're really, uh, we're really festive in the break. We partially got up a de- You and I together, just you and I. Well, one half. Par- partially up a... Decoration. Yeah, no help from Come anyone on. else. Just, like a, just you and I, Clint. Yeah, we just decided. Yes. Yeah. Clint Scott, Jamie Lent, Ben there, Foreman. There were not people crawling on their knees in here. <laughs> Christmas elves. It's the, it's Christmas the season. Christmas elves. It is the season. <laughs> They're matching green sweaters. Speaking of which, I saw... So I was... I know we have take versus take the final one, but just real quick. Okay. Uh, I was in one of my favorite stores over the weekend that has a Santa. Uh, we can go and take pictures. And there wasn't even remotely a line yet. And there was like no kids in the store. So I was like, what do you do with your downtime? He was just sitting there like playing on his phone. <laughs> was he? <laughs> you know, Googling was... song lyrics or what are we doing over there? He was checking his list. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So now an e-list. That makes sense. Yes. Has yes. it emailed to him. Yes. All right. Take versus take is up for grabs. Ben and I are tied. Would you reset the final question? All right. Final question. Time. College football playoff style. Mm-hmm. I need the top four players that have played at Texas Tech during the McGuire era. I need you to seed them, have two semifinals, the national championship game, and a winner. So I, li- I lied to you. I said I was going all defense. Okay. And I backed out of it. Okay. Um, well, it would have been one special teams and three defense. And, and you guys can have the same players. Mm-hmm. That's allowed. I'm going to go Tyree Wilson one as the first seed. Austin McNamara as the two seed. Going Taj Brooks as the three seed and Dajon Taylor Dimerson as the four seed. So it's going to be in the actual do I do I pick the winner or is it just the seeding like that? Yeah, keep going. Um I'm gonna have uh an upset um with technically with the lower seeding win of Taj Brooks, the three seed beating McNamara, the two seed, uh, and then getting beat by Tyree Wilson in the national championship game as far as best players in the Maguire era. Okay. Ben? So with my seeding, I'm going to go with Taj Brooks at the one, Tyree Wilson at the two, Rabbit, Dejron Taylor-Demerson at the three, and Ben Roberts at the four. Okay. And I, for one, have an upset with Ben Roberts as your leading tackler and co-defensive freshman of the, of the year in the Big 12 to go over Rabbit 
and faced Taj Brooks in the championship. And I got Taj Brooks winning it all. Clint gets the point. The only difference that we had is I have Taj as the two seed and Austin as the three seed. So I would have had Taj winning as the favorite and losing to Tyree in the championship. Mm -hmm. So you and I were almost Almost identical. Mm -hmm. That's embarrassing for me. That is embarrassing for you. Your take versus take winner today is Clintonia Scott. Suck it, suck it, suck it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I usually yeah, congratulate. Yeah, I like Ben you. Roberts, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see. And no, not because we have the same name. If, uh, yeah, mm. that's a good reason not to. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to think. There wasn't anyone like hanging around in the uh, bottom ranks that never saw the field with first name Clint, so that wouldn't have been a problem for me anyways. Uh I'm I am excited though to see like if we ask this question again in two years from now, like how high a Ben Roberts for me might climb, because he's not there yet, um, in that top four, but he's I think fair fair in the conversation piece, and I don't, you know, knock you for putting the putting him uh, there, but yeah. Um like how how high for like the general consensus can he climb? Because as far as his first foot forward is a big one. Mm-hmm. And you needed it. You needed yeah, him too. No yeah. doubt. You really needed him too. Excited about the linebacking cores next next year. Oh, yeah. Not I mean, because he didn't get a full year of like Jacob Rodriguez because. Yeah. Those two together for the yeah. next couple of years should be fun. Yeah. Terrors. The linebacker spot. Terrors. This on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. There's still three levels of scoring. The third is just the free throw line now. I And I'm a fan of that level as well. Mm-hmm. That is a good point. Like you go, especially from the NBA side. I mean, that's what James Harden has made a living off of. Yeah. Is getting to the free throw line and then being I'm, efficient from there. I'm, I'm a fan of being efficient, mm-hmm. not high volume shooters. Mm-hmm. We don't We don't need guys scoring 15 points on 23 shots. Yeah. Yeah, efficient being... Yeah, get to the free the throw line. There. Uh, this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line, Michael from the Ranch says, is the double T97-3 slash 100.7 the score Florida State fan slash unofficial expert. I will say that Florida, uh, if Florida State beats Georgia in the Orange Bowl, they have every right to claim the national title and hang a banner and have rings made. Go Seminoles. I mean, they can do that. I mean, the rest of college football is going to laugh at them, but they're welcome to do it. Florida State. I'd be so mad if I was an FSU fan. Yes. Gosh, I can't even imagine. Can you imagine if that was Tech? Oh, the, I, I mean, <laughs> the city might burn to the ground. <laughs> we would all lose our mind. Understandably so. Broadway oh, would be destroyed. So frustrating. As rational as this fan base is. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would have burnt a scooter. Oh. Well, I would like to see that clearly because I'd like to see you in the 13 and 0 position, but I would like to see you burn the scooter. Me personally. Yeah. How would, would you do it? What would what steps would you take? <clears throat> I would um I would stick some kindling wood. Kindling. In in between like spokes and stuff. Yeah. And then I would light them on fire. I would light it on fire. So, I mean, it would burn for a while, right? Mm-hmm. 
And then I would hop on the scooter and I would just drive around campus with the burner, the scooter burning to the ground as I was riding on it. Yeah. You'd, you'd literally be on fire. <laughs> yes. That's what I would do. I like that you would be riding. Yes. Yeah. That would be yes. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Feels like you could have done it easier without like the kindling kind of like you were a step away from like using one of the ferro rods. <laughs> I'm so angry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just so mad. (laughs) You guys wait in 10 to 15 minutes. This fire is going to be huge. (laughs) I'd also be carrying a sign that said, I blame choice. (laughs) Uh, All right. uh, We're just going to make Jamie keep asking questions. Time for a question of the day. Time now for Jamie's question of the day. Okay, here's my question for you today, Quintonius and Benjamin. Of the nine Big 12 bowl games, Benjamin, which bowl game do you feel like is going to be the most entertaining? Ooh. Which matchup do you like the best? So these are tough because it's like, okay, well, who's all playing? Who all's going to show up? Who all's going to actually be on these rosters? Mm-hmm. And I would have told you before the Dylan Gabriel news, the Oklahoma-Arizona game. Now, this may still be my answer because I think Jackson Arnold will be will do just fine um, taking snaps there for Oklahoma. I think they'll miss some sort of beat, but not like a big, big misstep or anything like that. It's hard for me not, though, to take the, uh, the biggie out of them all because I think Texas and Washington – is going to be an outstanding game. I've seen some go, well, great, on top of it, you just gave Texas a national championship berth. Look, I know they blew you out, and then they blew out Oklahoma State, but Washington's a different animal, and they were a nine-point, what, ten-point, nine-point underdog to Oregon. Yeah. Hey, let's take that one out of the mix since it's a college football playoff game. (sighs) Fine. All right. What a just Uh, toddler. Yeah, I'm going to stick, though, with Oklahoma and Arizona. Okay. Because I think I think Oklahoma is still going to have a lot of talent that will play in that game, and I think Arizona is really pumped to be in that game and with that matchup. I also like that it's outgoing Big 12 with incoming Big 12. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Ben? I was going to go with that bullet first, but then I realized the Fiesta Bowl with Oregon and Liberty. No, yeah. it's got to be a Big 12 one. Oh, Big 12 one? Oh, he's, Big 12. Pro- he's projecting Liberty will come into the Big 12. Realignment next <laughs> week. <laughs> Here comes Jamie Chadwell. You can save your answer for when we come back if you want. Yeah, I'm still browsing right now, come to think of it. Mm-hmm. Now that it's conversations towards Big 12, yeah, I need a, I need a bit. I know the one that I won't watch, the Houston or the Texas Bowl, with Orange Aggie and Maroon Aggie. <laughs> eh, that'd be a beatdown. I think K State and NC State is the matchup that I like. I'm just I'm so bitter towards bowl games right now. Yeah, there's some truth to that. I understand because yeah. except the Independence Bowl is going to be great. The Independence Bowl is going to be great. Um, the guaranteed rate bowl is going to be a blowout <laughs> though from the Big Twelve school that's in it. So that's why I didn't, <laughs> it's the bottom line for 100.7 the score. This has been the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Go to 100-7thescore.com for more from the Double T Sports Network.